Hello and welcome back to JLXP, uh, episode 50. Not the first episode with Mark Z, actually. He was on the very, you were on the very you kept first. The counting I kept accounting from 2020 when I started the podcast, back when it was a Riot thing, and now it's no longer associated with Riot. Is that legal? Yeah, yeah. I got the, they, they were very nice, actually. I didn't, oh, okay. they, they gave me the rights to JLXP. I just had to change the song because um, I didn't have rights to the song. They're very nice because yeah. I stole GLT's entire, or PTL. PTL's entire graphics yeah. design look and called it PLT. And I heard that rub some people the wrong way, but they I didn't sue me. They didn't sue me. <laughs> Uh, so what we're going to be doing here, we're hopefully going to be able to do this after every MSI group stage day. But like the plan I was talking with Mark is uh, I want to be able to do this podcast during MSI. Uh, I want to be able to do quick reactionary content. The last time I did an international event was Worlds 2019. And I would do these like thoughtful Instagram posts. And someone told me that I should just make it a podcast because that's going to be more digestible. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do. We just had day one of MSI. How do you feel? I feel good. Um, as much as you can for an NA fan, uh, getting pretty slapped down, I'd say for for yeah. the matchup. And we'll talk about I think the games generally. If there's anything interesting, this is not going to be as long as your usual one. I, I don't. think. Yeah, I mean, I was originally shooting for like 20 to 40 minute episodes. So if we if we don't have that's the other thing. Like if we don't have interesting things to say, it's going to be quick in and out, and we're going to go to the next day because MSI is a really long tournament. There's two different group stages before we get to the top four teams. And like already looking ahead, if we, if we look all the way ahead, like rapid reaction, we just saw PSG get slammed. And normally that's the team that competes with NA to get out of groups. That so, was the weirdest game of the day, I'd say. Most things yeah. went to chalk. There were some crazy moments in the early games, but teams always recovered. Yeah. Uh, I guess Istanbul getting crushed the wildcats expected expected yes yeah. so like i don't think there were any upsets except maybe this Correct. last one yeah and it was also in some ways the most dominant because i think it was yeah killless. Death, deathless yeah. yeah yeah deathless killless and, and that that was a huge thing so red canids uh if those of you who didn't watch the day if you're just watching this this podcast now uh very very fast games in day one of msi going into game six it was about a 28-minute average game time, which normally would be ridiculously short for an international event. I think it's a little more expected at MSI when most of these matchups were like the world champion favorite, SKT, versus the number two seed from the VCS. So those are going to be a little bit more one-sided. But then, yeah, absolutely, that, that game at the end, I think that's what we can talk about first because it was the upset of the day, was PSG just getting slammed by red cannons i really liked the red cannons draft yeah the Jin wukong kind of yeah. yeah it was it was gwen they had double ap with wukong Jin. it just gave them so I, i'm sure you you know this but for for some people that don't necessarily understand like double ap drafts a lot of times like gwen plus ap soul laner can be tough if you don't have enough physical damage so when you have like an umbral glaive lethality Jin, you you make it difficult for the enemy to itemize against but you still have a lot of playmaking i just thought it was a really strong group of champions yeah th there's been a couple the, the one of the karthus drafts also had all physical damage around it and then it's like yeah you That's can stack nice. armor yeah. but then you're gonna get nuked for 500 health uh so like those kinds of things feel good if you ever do end up with like double 80 solo lanes but mm -hmm. then your jungler is a high dps jungler and it's... What, what's your swearing policy i don't i don't know what you're at i don't think i say f that much okay but everything else I say, but if you want to say it, just go for it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep that in mind it's in the a future. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I think PSG sucking was 
one surprising and two disappointing mm-hmm. i was saying this like I don't, I don't mind psg losing like i'm not like oh i wish psg made it because i don't i don't really care but it was so boring and they got slapped and then like i was watching with the lck guys in the green room yeah. uh and proxy was just talking about how like bay was terrible in lck like on the 10th yes. place team yeah got replaced and the team went on a run Nongjun, i think and then yeah. like since then it's like oh now he's winning the pcs and yeah. it's just a weird feeling. I will say that from the people I talked to, he wasn't good in the PCS either. Like the, their mid jungle has been the weak point of their team. Remember, it was River and Maple. So great job, Dignitas, at making <laughs> the PCS weaker. You're helping. Yeah. Even yeah. if you didn't make it to international, you're making it better for NA. For now. Uh, the, the biggest thing that I'm going to watch with, with PSG is that they play RNG tomorrow and... That gives them a high chance of a 0-2 start when they were the favorite to advance from the group can really take a huge toll mentally going into day three when they're going to play against Istanbul Wildcats. So these teams play... Every team will play every day for the first three days. But, and then days four, five, six, they'll play everyone but in But it's group. double round robin or triple round robin? So the four team groups are double round robin and the three team group is quadruple round robin because... I, I don't like it. I don't need to defend this, yeah, yeah, the yeah. format. It's, it was meant to have 12 teams. It only has 11. And they're like, we're putting the same number of games in. Yeah. So for PSG, this is actually bad because you're going to lose to RNG pretty much. Everyone, yeah. RNG is probably going to go 6 0 in their group. Yeah. Um, it does seem like Istanbul Wildcats are not going to be good. So I, I think that's too early to say. That's, you think so? Yeah. So um, what I liked is uh, Grevthar from Red Cannons did an interview after their game yeah. on our broadcast, and he said he wasn't just like, oh, man, we played so well. Everything came together. He said, PSG played, like, really poorly, like, weirdly poorly. So I, 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 got, I don't know if that's, like, the strength of the team. There is a chance they just had a big off day and that that Cannons IW game could be a lot closer. I mean, I'm hoping that's the case because otherwise it's, like, one loss is a big deal when you're probably going to be close between they're all going to take yeah. wins off each other and no yeah. one's probably going to beat RNG. So like everyone's going to be around two and four, most likely. Yeah, it could be like a triple two, four if, if things get spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why like losing one randomly can hurt a lot if you're yeah. in one of those like two and four situations. So uh, nothing's set in stone yet. The, them playing bad in their first game actually is funny because every team that played their first game kind of mm-hmm. didn't look great. Like SKT gave up oh. a handful of kills before they ran away with that game. Mm-hmm. G2 gave up a bunch. Dude, have you yeah. realized that every time NA plays against G2, it's their first time on stage? And G2 had a warm-up game versus order? I mean, okay, are we, are we going into the excuses now? Because I, I, I was ready for yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This, is, this will become a, a dark place if things go really bad for NA because uh, like a lot of the times the EU fans just pile on. But like, listen, playing second was not an advantage for, for EG. It is no. definitely a disadvantage. When you're going to a new environment, getting the ability to be comfortable on stage is meaningful. And, you, and I experienced this in 2021 Spring Finals with TL, where we played TSM on Saturday, and it was an outdoor venue, and the sun had some weird angles that where was a it was weird maybe reflecting, venue, yeah. and it was windy. So like there are all these things that were just strange and 
like we almost took down C9 because of it because they were the winner winners final they, they did end up beating us in five games but like those first few games Vulcan was like yeah like the wind was super weird yeah, <laughs> I didn't I know mean, how to deal with it even even just like momentum itself like if you just beat order you're gonna feel yeah. better than the team coming in cold and I think like momentum as we've seen through the lower bracket runs can matter comfort on the stage mm-hmm. can matter and mm-hmm. so the only reason G2 beat NA today was the that <laughs> And some cheese ass Anivia pick. All right, <laughs> it's nothing yeah. to do with anything else. Uh, okay, let, let's. Let, I, I I I made the joke on the post game show about JoJo being five when Anivia was released. We we were trying to think of like clickbait titles for, yeah. for it's like oh yeah Caps brings out a grandpa champ against JoJo Finn. JoJo thought he was playing against Articuno. Yeah, like, yeah. all these different things. But the I was disappointed in EG. What disappointed you in EG? I felt like they had very low proactivity. And part of that is because of the Karthus. It was one of those games where at first glance, I, was, I, I saw like, okay, they have Samir Nautilus, they have Karthus Jungle, uh, and then it was Aatrox top lane, Rise mid. And I thought, okay, these are generally champions that they should be pretty good at. Like, Jodo got his rise. Yep. Impact looked good on Aatrox in, in finals weekend. And we know, like, from Danny Shiro days that he's, like, a good Samira. But then when Inspire just, like, full clear recalled, alted, alted for yeah. gold yeah. over and over again, they, they only had, like, one play where they actually got gold on a Danny. It was the weak side dive that they did bottom lane. Yeah. And then uh, even though... G2 didn't have like a traditional or a true front line. They just had a way better eye contact front to back fight the whole way. So like, I'm still thinking about it. I don't think EG had the tools to take initiative, but it was like a very hopeless game. I mean, you were casting it. It it felt unwinnable for like the last 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, we we were supposed to like go in there and smack talk a lot, but it it very quickly became apparent that like G2 was going to (laughs) win. And then like, it was like Vettius said like, Coping like, hey, you guys, it's closer <laughs> maybe in the future. <laughs> and you were 2v1. It's a brave, yeah. well, it's a brave I, thing. I wanted it to be it. fun, but it just yeah. wasn't. So here's, here's something that's nice about doing these live is Empire okay. showed up and he said, EG's draft coach is still in quarantine too if we want to add another. Wait, Turtle's still in quarantine? I guess so. Em- or. Um, so they didn't have the, well, the normal uh, coaches on stage? Uh, isn't it Rig- Rig- Rigby? Or is it Rigby who's the draft coach? That's very interesting. Yeah. When is he out? There's like a delay. We'll find out. That's yeah. Uh, we'll we'll find out. But it, the, the thing that made me think about that was because the Anivia was shown relatively early, and their second last phase was Aatrox and Carthus. Carthus, right? Yeah, so A-Trox, they, they, took, they took the Aatrox, which was short range, yeah. into like what was going to be a comp where you're going to get kited out mostly. Yeah, Graves and Anivia. Yeah, I think uh, on on the point about the proactivity thing, it was also sad because Targamus left lane so much in the early game to like go mid or like just yeah, be and then annoying. Nautilus Samira still didn't get anything done. They, they were even yeah. CS. They didn't make any plays happen, and like it's probably partially because it felt like Inspire was really important in the playoff run on picks that could make things happen. Even a yeah. a Nocturne can like gank a little bit better, but like mm-hmm. there was the one gank topside where he just like kind of flashed after the Gwen <laughs> who just like walked away. <laughs> It was like a sick wall, but it was like, what, what's going to happen here? So it just looked like the team wasn't necessarily comfortable playing with Inspired on like a champion that anything except yeah. flash on and press stuff. And they got, they got picked apart. That's one of those games where like, did you get slaughtered? No, like skill wise, it didn't look like an issue in terms mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. no one just got giga gapped in lane, but you get picked apart and it was just pretty hopeless after the first couple kills. 
Yeah, from from a G2 perspective, because they played two games today, uh, they did look a little sloppy. Broken Blade specifically just had a lot of isolated deaths, more than you would be comfortable with. It's going to happen occasionally to anyone, but... Uh, I mean, he got he got solo killed by Bio Panther, which was a misplay in the Aatrox versus Flora matchup. Um, and then he was also the victim of like the one time EG was able to make a proactive play and get gold onto Danny. So I, I think definitely an off day for Broken Blade. But to me, Caps did look good. He he continued the f- playoff run format. Yeah. I mean, he did get solo killed the one time, and I was uh, oh yeah he, he did. He did. <laughs> I was gonna I was so ready to bring that up in, in the game versus EG, but it just never felt like a yeah. <laughs> like. It was never going to be relevant because he also solo killed. Um, yeah, he got Kissy. first blood in a solo kill. Yeah, yeah, Zoe versus versus Yone. I, he also got to play against Karthus Jungle twice, so yeah. there's like n- very little gang pressure on him in either game. Yeah, but he he looked really good. He popped off both games. Um, the Anivia as well was piloted well and was a smart pick, and like they played around it well in the early game. Like with, I didn't know if he was going to go double Q double E, but he took W at one or at three to set up the gank. Okay. Some Nivias just take the damage abilities yeah, and ignore yeah. a wall. Um, but they use that to get a flash, and then they repeat mm-hmm. ganked him, and it was like, oh, God, the rise is just never going to roam because at six, Nivia starts winning the lane. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up being actually a really good pick, and I also think it was one of those, like, genius picks because if they lose, they'll be like, ha-ha, we picked a Nivia. <laughs> but if they win with a good pick, it actually Well, and up. the Pike, too. Like, we just haven't seen Pike in forever, it feels like. At least yeah. for North America. I don't know when it was last played in EU. Maybe yeah, more I mean, Hill's saying, Hilly played in the playoffs, and then yeah. uh, also it, it it's one of, like, it was an uh, EU Masters, like, big-time pick. It's just always been relevant in EU, even when no, no other region yeah. seems to be playing it. Yeah. So, like, that was also a curveball. Like, I know the last time EG played against it. At least for EG, it's a curveball. So, Correct. So, Correct. like, I don't think that if they haven't... Their comp looked different than how they normally play. G2's comp was weird for them. Mm-hmm. That's the copium for NA fans, is that that was yeah. just a weird draft. Uh, stop me if you want to go in-depth on any of the other stuff, but I'm going to kind of quickly recap it. Like, T1 actually looked kind of sloppy. Still smashed, though, because mm-hmm. they were able to get a 20-minute Baron. I uh, don't know that much about Saigon Buffalo yet. Eat like them and Istanbul Wildcats playing against like the RNG T1 behemoths. I'm not going to make a judgment on their strength just because they lost to those teams. Yep. Uh, I'm still very interested in like the DFM uh, Saigon battle that we're going to have in Group A to see who can make it out. And even like Team A's who I actually thought played a closer game than it looked on the scoreboard against DFM because I thought their comp could have turned on a little bit later. But uh, I think more analysis is to come later when we see more of the teams that will be battling playing against each other. Yeah, DFM is probably the only one worth mentioning because that is... Well, I mean, maybe, maybe Group B has made it more interesting. I think coming in, people expected PSG to get out no matter what. This loss maybe throws it up in the air. And the other group that people were looking at was Group A. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. is it DFM or um, Saigon? And yeah, like you said, they, they played very different opponents. Yeah, <laughs> and the DFM didn't look great, so m- maybe it's a little bit more Saigon favor because I think a lot of people are hoping Japan gets out, but I don't think they're as strong as they were last year. Uh, Arya gone, yeah, maybe Harp's better than Gang, but I don't know if it. Yeah, there was a really interesting point. Harp said that he locked in Orn by mistake. Yes, which was actually shocking to me because I thought Orn was necessary glue for their team comp like because they had i actually hated the fact that they played graves lucian into like wukong and then eventually victor because if that gets into a late game team fight stage like they can never approach so the orange is like needed to be in front for them 
I wonder what that. I actually really want to know what that pick was. Well, and he said he misclicks. So like maybe it's like in Japanese lettering. Like somehow another pick is closer to orange. But otherwise, I'm like, what support are you taking that yeah. like you misclicked orange next to? It's really weird. Yeah. So I I don't know what what. I want more to that story. We're never gonna get it. Yeah. Well, how good can they be if they came and lock in the right champs? The, they're, they're they're doomed. The next thing I want to talk about is the meta that we saw on day one. Okay. Because we, for most regions, they skipped from patch 12.5 all the way to patch 12.8. So they didn't even get to do the 12.6 playoff patch that NA did, which was different than everyone else. Um, what, what stood out to you? Well, on that point, it's funny because like some of those things that were broken in 12.6, we didn't even play in playoffs. Like Rengar top with <laughs> yeah. like the nuking turrets got nerfed in 12.7 because mm-hmm. it was stupid in 12.6. We didn't even like mm-hmm. abuse that. So uh, I don't think like the difference between the 12.6 and 12.5 team thing matters it doesn't matter yeah. at all mm-hmm. um the 80 carry meta feels like it's still up in the air a little bit i'm, I'm seeing yeah. more gins with lethality because glaive yeah. is kind of strong right now yeah i think that makes sense but you have to be smart with it and i think we're going to see a lot of gins get picked mm. without good teams set them up because hmm. you're talking about the wukong gin one being like smart but i yeah. think you're also going to see a lot where it's like it doesn't have anything to do now. Yeah, they'll be like, we have Orn, Jin, and it's like, well, you're doing a front-to-back team fight comp with Jin. Like, Jin is the utility AD carry in a yeah. sense that allows you to pick damage elsewhere and just have a really explosive team yeah. comp. I, I think the, the thing that's interesting to me is top seem to have a lot of damage focus. Like, we saw Fiora versus Aatrox, Aatrox mm. versus Gwen, mm. multiple Gwen games, like everything. There's, there's some Gnar that got played, yeah. um, but it didn't look very good. So I'm not sure Gnar will stay, hang out in the meta for long. Uh... Wukong, yeah. I think Wukong is probably here to stay. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He is also very good against... In team fights, he's good against Graves. In the jungle, he's not good against Graves because Graves can kite him out pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but I, if I had to guess, we're going to see more Jin for sure, even though we only saw him like once today. I think um, we saw him twice. Because I, I just think he combos so well with skirmishy top laners and like bin for instance i think will work amazingly with the gin on his team for, yeah. for rng which is going to come into play later uh and i think that is bad for eg i i really like i know danny played a lot of samir in the past but just like funneling gold onto like i don't know lucian nami gin the things that aren't just going to be this oh yeah by the way if you get to three or four items you can just win the game like, without Jinx and Aphelios being big, that strategy doesn't really work. So I think Aphelios is fine. Maybe it was just the G2 game and that they were just going to outclass them anyways. Yeah. But, but I mean, they played it twice. So they, yeah. J- Aphelios is still playable. Jinx seems far worse. Jinx is pretty dead. I mean, what was it, like 50 base HP? It was like yeah. 610 to 560 or something. Yeah. And like, what people underrate base HP values uh, being really broken. and Hugely eight. in pro. There was a time where Kogma was super strong, and what made him broken was that he just had the highest base HP of any marksman in the game. And you built Triforce <laughs> yeah. first, and, and you would build f- and you would build Phage first. And this was yeah. back when Phage had a slow proc, and he had this mm-hmm. range, and it was like this 1.2k HP level six Kogma running at yeah. you, and it was like, well, I can't kill you. Before. No one can burst in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Jinx having that, like I'm actually not that weak in lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it a lot worse. So she's dead. Um, and I agree about the Danny point because Jinx, Zeri, and Tristana are like his like big playmakers. Maybe he can play Trist, actually. Trist, Trist would still work, and Trist seems good. Trist seems good. I like the kill threat with a Trist alley lane. Like, it definitely yeah. felt like SKT forgot that like level one, level two with Trist mm-hmm. alley is actually their strongest power spike mm-hmm. in lane phase. Um, and like 
The thing that makes those champs good for Danny, I think, is that you can both run away very effectively and kite out, as well as go in when it's the right time. And Samira only goes in. She can't kite out. She doesn't have any range. And so, like, I think that even if he does have a clean Samira in teams, it just doesn't play the same way, like you're saying. So I'm concerned if he's just stuck on more traditional marksmen. Uh, it gives me a little bit comfort if they didn't have their whole coaching staff there. Weirdly. Yeah, that's the yeah. copium. That's We're the good. copium. Yep, it was, yeah. it was Rigby who wasn't there, he said. Well, Rigby, he makes a difference. That's, that's, that's what Funny saying. enough, he was, he was also in Visa Hell, I'm pretty sure, for the first half of, of spring. Really? Yeah, so... When they were all tweeting complaints about draft. Yeah, I mean, he showed up and there were still those tweets coming out for a little okay. bit, but, but yeah. yeah, he was also, I believe, having issues in, in spring getting to North America. So, there you go. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read tomorrow's schedule. Look ahead. First up, G2EG. Boom, right away. That's yeah. going to be 1 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, EG order afterwards. So EG is the team that plays double tomorrow. That means order will play double the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my phone bugged out a little bit. Um, I think it says Dead FM DFM plays next. Versus Saigon Buffalo. Saigon Buffalo. A's T1 after that. Then IW versus Red, which is actually like a really, really passionate rivalry for those two fan bases. And then RNG PSG to see if PSG was an anomaly or if they're just going to get ran over again. Obviously, like we're gonna have a G two EG game all three days, and then we're gonna have uh, every time group. So many of them. In the yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. not gonna have an EG G two game all three days. We're gonna have it these two days, and then we're gonna have two more of them when they wrap up the group during day five. Okay, because they're day yeah. five day. They each play yeah. each other twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So EG G two, I feel like will be the. Are we just screwed, or what? Can we graph copium? Correct. Even if yeah. we don't necessarily win. We need to be winning the game for some yeah. point. The, the big thing, actually, this is going to be a, a cynical take. They need to beat order. Well, Because like, the 0-3 start would be really bad. Like, the 0-3 start would actually look way worse than it actually is. Because I, I, I think NA has like a 90% all-time win rate against like OPL slash PCS. Um, but like, the losses still happen. They lost a game to Pentanet in group stage like Cloud9 did last year. In rumble stage, rather. So, like, that would be the disaster scenario, but it's, it still wouldn't kill them. Like, definitely don't overreact would be my group, advice. I would say, like, NA is getting to group stage with almost 100% certainty. I, there's almost nothing that could happen that would make me be worried because this, this is... You have to be worried if they start at 03. I still wouldn't be worried because the okay. thing is, you, ha- you play order four times, so right. they would legitimately need to beat you three of the four times to not get a tiebreaker. Uh, or is there tiebreaker rules? I don't it, know. It, well, so it would depend on if Order was also able to take games off of G2. So I'm assuming right? that... It's, you're just assuming they'll lose every game to G2. Right, I'm assuming they're going to lose yeah. every game to G2. I'm saying if NA loses every game to G2 and starts dropping games to Order, they still would need to beat us three out of four times yeah. to not go to a tiebreaker. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure if I understand the tiebreaker rules. So like, yeah. the likelihood of us dropping games to Order is not negligible. It could mm-hmm. happen. It mm-hmm. probably will happen. I would yeah. not be shocked. And if it happens in the first one, we go 0-3, I'm still like... It's so hard to knock it out of this group. Yeah, I agree. I did a bottle flip for Order's chances to beat G2. It landed on the bottle one out of four times. There you go. I think that's likely for both of them. I think Order is yeah. actually going to come out of this group stage with one or two wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that they're, based off what we saw out of the G2 EG game, Order, they play really aggressive stuff. Yeah. They are willing to take coin flips, and if the, yeah. enough of them land heads, you just fall behind and you lose. Yeah. Their Baron call was 
terrible. They were actually coming. They, like, they were playing the skirmishes well yeah. in that game. The spirit of the Baron call, I understand, though. They're like, if they don't check it, we'll be able to burst it in time. But they were way too committed to Baron. They needed to turn or whatever. They like, needed to have a plan. Yeah. They didn't have a plan. Yeah, no, no. So it's yeah. like... Okay, but they were finding picks consistently yeah. in that game, yeah. and they were starting to pressure G2. So I do think one of these games will go right for them, and they won't just kill themselves at Baron like yeah. that if they get a lead. Got anything else? Otherwise, wrap, wrap this, wrap this rodeo up. Uh, how are you looking, Berlin? Pers- personal yeah. update, how are you doing? Because you, you uh, flew in yesterday. Well. I, I think I can show this to the camera. This is an amazing graphic from my phone. So I track my sleep. I'm going to see if this was my... This was my jet lag. So that's my normal sleep schedule. And then there's that just was a, my, there's just the day missing. Then there was a flight. This is a day missing. Night. Yeah. I'm good though. I've, I, I'm very experienced with jet lag. Yeah. It's, um, I need to say this in like an appropriate way. Cause like substance abuse would be the wrong way of saying it. Cause it's not, but bad you're good stuff. at abusing substances. But it's literally just like, you need to make sure your sleep is timed. So what you do, if, if anyone, um, as long as you're okay, taking melatonin, which I never take outside of travel. This, this is like, it works so well for me. So basically, when you're on the plane, you take melatonin when you want to go to sleep in your new location. Yeah. So basically, when it was like midnight in Berlin, I took melatonin on the plane, and then you sleep as long as you can. I only ended up getting like three or four hours of sleep on the plane, but it still kind of sets you. Then mm. you make sure you caffeinate the next day so you can get through to a normal sleep time, and then you melatonin again on your sleep time, and every time I've done that, I've gotten like a sound night's sleep. So I got like se- seven solid hours last night. When I get home at like 9 p.m., melatonin one more time, sleep again, and you're set. I like Twitch chat calling it jet lag. So jet lag. <laughs> uh, my my yeah. strategy for, for is just stay up as long as I humanly can until I need to sleep at the oh, right time. Oh, dude. So you, I, you know how you had I that, hate that? that. It's so bad for your immune system, I think. Is it? And probably. I don't know. But you, like that graph that you have, that's me yeah. intentionally. Like I just oh, don't yeah, want to sleep. Yeah. I just want to stay up all the way through. And that's what I did. And yeah. I, I went to bed at like midnight and I slept until nine. And then like, ah, here I am. I'm used to it. Yeah. It didn't register my uh, my sleep on the plane because I had like Bluetooth off. Funnily Bluetooth enough. Off and everything. East coast to West coast is more likely to fuck me up. Because you're not prepared for it. It's, it's three hours. And like, yeah. how do you do that? Whereas if no. I just stay up for 20 hours because I'm traveling for 15 anyways. Yeah. I read somewhere it takes roughly a day per hour of time zone adjustment to fully be in a new time sounds zone. Sounds like crack, crack shit. So if we're like eight hours away. That sounds like BS. In eight days, I'll be set. And then I can go back to LA and do it again. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Uh, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us on episode 50 MSI day one reaction. And we're going to try to do this tomorrow as well. So see Yeah. You. So everyone tune back in at Twitch chat, twitch.tv slash the Mark Z. We're doing that's these live. That's the live broadcast. And then the JLXP YouTube for the VOD. Yeah actually plugging things. All right.